Ferguson hands off to Dickie Martin. Martin over the 35, Martin to the 30, Martin to the 25, Martin all the way to the 22-yard line. Before Chuck Barrett, before Paul Eels, there was Bud Campbell. He did play-by-play of Razorback football. He came to Arkansas in 1954. When there were just three television channels in the state, he began his career at KARK, the NBC affiliate. Here to help me talk about Bud Campbell for our first Pryor Center profile of 2022 is Randy Dixon with the Pryor Center. How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you? Very good. Very good. Thanks for doing this for another calendar year. Oh, I'm going to love it. Looking forward to it. Uh, Just to remind people, we take archives that are being digitally transferred at the David and Barber Center for... uh, Arkansas Oral and Visual History, and we share them with you. Yes, and this week we're going to profile. Uh, he actually predated me at KTV, uh, but was probably uh, the best-known person, at least most beloved person in the state at the time, even more than governors and anyone else. You know, this was pre-internet. Right. Uh, pre-cable. So you, like you said, there were three television stations. It was even before Arkansas PBS. So, uh, you know, the person you watched on TV uh, was like a family member. And he was the biggest of the, of the large. Well, and he also had a bigger following than just central Arkansas and the people, because, you know, in, in North Arkansas, for many of us, we couldn't get Little Rock stations, we right. Springfield or Tulsa. But we heard Bud Campbell every week doing play-by-play of football because there weren't many Razorback games that were on television, maybe right. one, maybe two a year. So right. you developed this relationship with him through the radio. Right. And then he became even bigger when uh, ABC yeah. Sports started using him on regional broadcasts. So he he had a reach even beyond Arkansas, but he was he was huge. All right, so he came here in the mid-50s. Do we have any material from Well, believe it or not, we actually have some material from uh, KARK when he was there in 1959 mm. doing a noon show with a lady by the name of Betty Fowler. And this this is an interesting program. They're, they're talking about uh, the upcoming event that Hawaii will become the 50th state. But we're in Hawaii. Uh, I was asleep and I was dreaming and I dreamed about beautiful girls you dancing all around. You didn't dream it. It was so. But I scared them off with my conch shell. <laughs> Today, folks, we are going on a trip to Hawaii, our soon-to-be 50th state. And I think it's a trip that all of you will thoroughly enjoy. We're going to talk about the food, the customs. We got some music. We have dancing. In fact, style show too, Bud. A style show, a little bit of everything. That shows you how long ago Bud Campbell was a presence in Arkansas. Forty-nine right. states. That, that's right, <laughs> and you can see it on our website. He's in, you know, Hawaiian shirt, and they have wow. lays on, and Betty Fowler has a flower in her hair, and. Mm. Uh, it's it, they're having a big luau, you know, there on the air. So he wasn't just a sports guy. No, no, he he actually that was his big love. But you know, back in those days, you you pretty much had to do everything. You uh, you know, you could be an entertainer. You would do weather. Well, it, here he is doing the weather on KARK. We want to take a quick look at our weather, and then we'll examine the market report. Uh, that front is starting to ease on in toward the state of Arkansas, which means that uh, our temperatures will get a little bit cooler, and there does seem to be at least a slight chance of some rain, which is uh, 
pretty well needed. There was a tornado this morning up in uh, central Wisconsin. No uh, loss of life, but heavy property damage. In the earliest days of television, you didn't have a meteorologist ever doing weather. You had an entertainer. Right. Rip the forecast from the National Weather Service and then just... That's right. And you had, you know, the the forecast maps weren't, you know, animated yes. graphics. Yes. They were chalkboards. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. So he was at KARK for a while. Yes. I mean, not just for a few years. He was there for 12 wow. years. Yeah. And then uh, KATV stole him away in 1966 with the promise that he would be sports director. And along with that, he would be the voice of the Razorbacks. And of course, got to know uh, then head coach Frank Burles, and they got to be really good friends. But he would talk to him probably on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. but at least interview him every week and did his coach's show. But, you know, here's an example of just uh, one of the hundreds of interviews he did with the coach in 1970. Now, the red-white game this Saturday in Little Rock and the one in Fayetteville, uh, uh, those two things probably I know will go a long way toward determining your thinking in the fall, won't they? I believe that they will, like they always do. We, we count the game in Little Rock as, uh, as a real test as to uh, what a boy will do under the pressure of game conditions. And I hope that we'll have a big crowd there that always uh, makes it more like the opening ball game. You see, Bud, we've taken a little, had to take a little different approach because of starting so early. We'll have less days to practice next year than we've had in, in uh, previous years. It's Frank Broyles talking to the legendary Bud Campbell. Bud Campbell, the uh, subject of this week's Prior Center Profile. Yes, and he also interviewed probably every current and past uh, hog player between 1966 and 1974. And um, Lance Allworth, who went on to play for the San Diego Chargers, he was in the 1961 team. He was in town, and here's an interview that Bud did with Lance. In 1961, uh, year last year, we beat TCU here 28-3, and Lance, something happened the night before that uh, made you play Maybe better in that game than you would have played you and Paul Day. What happened? <laughs> Quite a bit better, Bud. Uh, it's really kind of funny because I think if you remember, uh, they tied uh, Ohio State the week before they played us. And, of course, we were trying to get ready for them. And I think Paul Day and I were really ready to play the game. And uh, they made had bed check over at Hot Springs. And uh, we sneaked out after bed check. We decided we were just a little hungry, so we went out. And uh, we got caught out. And I think Dixie White and uh, Coach Matthews caught us out. And, of course, they threatened us with their lives to tell Coach Brawls, and they were going to kick us off scholarship and scared us to death. They sent us back to our room. We went back to our room, and about 15 minutes later, they came in, and they said, well, uh, we're not, we've decided we're not going to tell Coach Brawls, but uh, if you play a good game, only on that condition. And so uh, they said, you're both going to have to block for each other and run hard and do this and that. And they, we said, just give us the chance. That's all we want. <laughs> So he would be seen almost every night doing the sports. Every night. And then he would, I assume, get on some small engine aircraft and fly into Drakefield to do a Fayetteville game or fly into Lubbock, Texas to do a yes. game. Yeah, wow. Yes. Well, and then uh, every Sunday uh, right. they, they would fly Coach Broyles in because they would do the coaches show in the studio uh, in Little Rock and invite the, the print media to come and, and watch. and What would they do if the weather wasn't cooperating? What if there was a thunderstorm? 
I don't know. Because you didn't have Zoom back I, then. Right. I, I do know that one year uh, when they were tape delaying mm. games when there was bad weather and they couldn't fly, they had the state police uh, <laughs> driving <laughs> right. videotapes down. How do you know you're in the South? You use the state police to yes. drive down videotapes <laughs> of football. Exactly. Right. He, you mentioned he talked to so many former Razorbacks. Right, right. And current Razorbacks. Sure. And, he, and here's a current interview from 1969 where he talked to this promising freshman you may have heard of named Joe Ferguson. This past year now, uh, Joe, you completed a lot of passes. You set a lot of records for a freshman here at Arkansas. At the same time, you got dumped a lot. I know that your protection was not uh, maybe as good as we would like for it to have been, but you think this probably helped you? Um, I believe that the linemen uh, that are here as freshmen, uh, most of them had never done this type of pass blocking before, and it was something new to them, and that uh, it's going to be something they're going to have to pick up. And uh, I believe that toward the end of the year, that they did a better job of it, and I believe that they're picking it up a lot better now. So uh, who else have we... Well, he covered other sports, of course, um, and he was good friends uh, with Brooks Robinson, the Oreo great from Little Rock. And in 1966, after they had beat the Dodgers, the Dodgers right. in the World Series, he had this big homecoming uh, in Little Rock and big crowds there to meet him. And Bud talked to him then, and he also snagged Hall of Famer Bill Dickey, oh, okay. who was also there to greet him. So here's that interview. Uh, I certainly appreciate that. I tell you, a lot of nice things have happened to me, uh, especially this year. And But this is the nicest of all, coming home and uh, being uh, welcomed by people you've known all your life. And this is a high point in my uh, career and a high point in my life. Bill Dickey, a Hall of Famer and a fellow who knows a real good baseball player when he sees one. I think, Bill, you're as proud of Brooks as everyone in Arkansas is, aren't you? Bud, you're not kidding. Brooks, I want to say congratulations. We're all proud of you down here, and I know how you felt when you that final out of that uh, World Series game, four straight. Well, you're right, uh, Bill. It was a great thrill, and I tell you, I was really glad to get those four out of the way. I didn't care about going back to Los Angeles to play anymore. <laughs> Two members of the Baseball's Hall of Fame, Brooks Robinson and Bill, Do- uh, Bill Dickey, talking with uh, Bud Campbell. And as long as we're talking baseball, you, you, you sent over a cut with a baseball owner. Yes, and this was great. Um, it was August Bush, the old, the the elder August Bush, and um, you know you know him from Budweiser beer sure. and then St. Louis Cardinals. But he talked to him in 1966. Our special guest tonight is Mr. August Bush, who is president of the St. Louis Cardinal baseball team, also president and owner of Anheuser Busch. And Mr. Bush, first of all, which do you enjoy the most, the brewery business or the baseball business? Well, now, Bud, that's a pretty tough question. I have to admit to you that uh, one of my great loves and one that I've grown up with longer than I have with baseball happens to be the beer business. But baseball comes an awful close second without any argument. I saw you the day that the Cardinals won the World Series a couple of years ago, and I don't believe I've ever seen a gentleman who reflected as much happiness as you did that particular day. That has to be one of the great thrills for you, doesn't it? Well, but I have to admit that it was one of the greatest thrills I ever had in my live long life. When we finally won that uh, series, it was, uh, I mean, the World Series, and the climax getting into the pennant end of it, and then the real climax of winning the World Series was to me the greatest thing that ever happened. He also spoke 
uh, with Joe Lewis, the the heavyweight the, boxing champ. Great boxer. I, I didn't realize that he was the heavyweight champ from thirty seven to forty nine. Yeah, the Brown Bomber. Yeah, yeah. And he just talked to him because he came to town. The opportunity of making more money today. If they were good fighters, if you get find a good fighter now, like Cassius Clay, you can make a lot of money. We call close circuit now. You know, uh, it's a big thing now. Well, when I was fighting, the only money you actually made from the fight was from the live gate. And, and today's gate is, is very small, but theaters now in the home television, that makes a, a fighter now make a lot of money. You think boxers as a group are as hungry as they were back in the 30s? Well, I don't think so because uh, I always used to say that, at least the people used to tell me, say to be a, a good fighter, you got to be a hunger fighter. Uh, I used to then think that wasn't, wasn't true, but I seem to think so now because uh, there are no fighters around at all now. Not, they just don't want to fight now. You know, got a lot of guys now, they rest, give them a good job, they rest there. And one who do fight now, they, 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 they fool around, they don't train hard. I think Frazier probably our best fighter today. Better than Jimmy Ellis. I would think so, yes. Okay, you've mentioned that he did other things. He wasn't just sports because in that day, it, you couldn't be specific. Yeah. Right. You had so many things to cover. Do anything. Right. And um, and he would just pick up other interviews and cover different events. But here he is at the airport with Miss Arkansas, Donna Connolly from Hope. And she was, what, Miss Arkansas 1970. And she was on her way to Atlantic City to the Miss America pageant. This is Miss Arkansas, Donna Connolly of Hope, who represented State College of Arkansas in the Miss Arkansas pageant, and leaving Little Rock this morning for Atlantic City, but with a couple of stops in between, I think, huh, Donna? Yes, sir, a few. Where are you I, going first? I believe our first stop is in Memphis, and then on to Williamsburg, Virginia. Are you excited about all this? Oh, yes, very excited. I guess that it's been sort of a whirlwind for you for the last month, getting your wardrobe ready, working on your talent and so on, hasn't it? You might say so, but it's been very enjoyable. Of course, uh, you'll be competing with some lovely young ladies up there, Donna, but everybody seems to think that you have a real good chance of doing well. How confident are you? I'm going to have a good time and enjoy myself tremendously. If that's how it turns out, great. Right. And she'll be chaperoned, incidentally, by an old friend of mine, uh, Mrs. Betty Fowler. And, Betty, this is your third year, I think, It certainly it? is, Bud, and nice to see you again. Thank you. And what sort of chance do you feel that Donna has in Atlantic City? Just like that. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. And, Donna, the very best of luck to you. Thank you, right, Bud. Thank you very much. Accompanying her was Betty it's... Fowler, and she was in that first clip. And so a decade before, they had worked together at KERK, and so uh, it was kind of a little... Yeah. Reunion. Together. Yeah, reunion. Speaking of airports, uh-huh. here's another one from an airport, right? Yeah, and this this was too good <laughs> not to use. Uh, and I don't know why he was there. Maybe he was a fan and wanted to do it or that he was the person available to do it. But uh, Carol Channing, you know, of Broadway and film fame, uh, was here to do Hello, Dolly in 1966. Well, as a lot of people know, I'm a, a sports announcer primarily, and our guest is Carol Channing. And I think, Carol, terminology-wise, there are stars and there are superstars. I would put you in the superstar category. In the sport world, too? Well, in the theater world. <laughs> oh, how n- <laughs> thank you, bud. Oh, I'm glad to be in Little Rock. This is my first visit, you know, and I'm an honorary citizen. That's a strange thing. This is your first visit, and yet you have given Little Rock publicity all over the world. Through to the Junior Chamber of Commerce of Little Rock. And the Ladies Club of Little Rock sent me a little rocker. 
and I still am a member. Carol, I know that uh, Little Girl from Little Rock is not included in the musical score of Hello, Dolly, which opens tonight at Robinson Auditorium. Are you going to sneak it in somewhere or not? I wish we could. The unmistakable voice of yes. Carol Channing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Bud Campbell's career was cut short, tragically. Yes. Yes. He was, what, I think in his uh, early 50s yeah. at the time, but it was on October 3rd in the early morning hours of 1974 that uh, he died in a one-car accident in Little Rock. And uh, this is how KATV reported it that evening. Good evening, I'm Fred DeBrine. KATV sports director Bud Campbell was killed early today when the vehicle he was driving went out of control on Rodney Parham Road in western Little Rock. Bud is survived by his wife, Lee, two sons, Buddy and Richie, and a daughter, Debbie. Bud was undoubtedly one of the most familiar persons in Arkansas. He came to Little Rock in 1954 to work for KARK Television. Bud joined KATV in 1966. During his 20 years in the television industry, he handled many assignments and all of them well. Eight years he was at KATV, he was quite prolific, and so I had a hard time narrowing down uh, the interviews. You know, I left out just a few uh, to mention. Mickey Mantle, Bear Bryant, George Kell, Ben Crenshaw, Lee Trevino. Wow. I mean, he he uh, worked hard. Yeah. <laughs> but um, if you like, I could bring some more of those interviews next week. I'd love to hear week. Mantle and Bear Bryant, George Kell, who's in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Exactly. Let's do that. Okay. Right. Well, well, that'll be next week. All right. Randy Dixon is with the David and Barbara Pryor Center for Arkansas Oral and Visual History. He's with us almost every Monday with archives from the Pryor Center. Thanks, Randy. Thank you.